Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Data Astrology live right here on the Inner Peace Lighthouse radio frequency. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. All right, peace, I say, Amira, thank you. We are back, we are live, we are in full effect. I hope that I can be heard. Um, I'm testing it out right now, but I'm just so glad to be here. We are uh, broadcasting not on our usual Wednesday, uh, but we do have a special message ahead of time for everybody, and so I'm just so happy and thankful to be here. Thank you all the listeners for your continued support, all the subscribers, the likers, the sharers, the tweeters, the retweeters. Thank you. Thank you so much. All of the Astro Love gifts are greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Ampu, for just continuing to extend such a beautiful opportunity for us all to engage on such a beautifully high vibration week in and week out. We love you and appreciate you for this beautiful opportunity every week. Um, We are digging in this week to the week ahead, uh, you know, clearly where we are right now with everything. I mean, we are in the thick of it. We are in the, let's see, I'm pretty sure... I'm actually looking at where everything is right now. So, yeah, <clears throat> Mercury's definitely smack dab in the middle of um, Scorpio at 16 degrees, and the sun's not too far behind at 11. And um, in our week ahead, you know, there's so many beautiful shifts and changes and ingresses into new beautiful energy um, that, you know, there wasn't enough room in the title to put all the beautiful, you know, uh, depictions of what's going to be going on. But I think that the first quarter moon in Aquarius kind of just sums it all up beautifully. Um, So I I wanted to highlight that because I, I see that as the focal point of our week ahead and the introduction into this shift, this powerful, beautiful, much anticipated shift in energy. Uh, especially on the heels of this Scorpio new moon that we're living in right now. So let's jump in, you guys. Um, Let me take a real quick drink of water. Okay, and just to sum up where we're at right now, um, sorry, it's coming up. And I still haven't been able to hear myself. So you guys, for you guys that are on the air, on the line, please just, if there's anything that you can tell that's going on, don't hesitate to press 1 if you're on the um, phone. And you can raise your hand and let me know that yeah, I'm using a new microphone today, so I'm a little extra concerned that I can or cannot be heard. And I'm checking on it now. It just hasn't popped up yet. So hopefully we're fine. If we are, let's go ahead. 
the moon is in Sagittarius right now. So, you know, Sagittarius does talk about our beliefs, and it definitely talks about um, our higher mind, you know, the philosophies of life that we have personally. Okay, yay, I can hear myself. And so all of that is being, it's emotionally satisfying to us right now to delve into those beliefs, to delve into our faith, what we personally, whether you subscribe to a particular religion or not is beside the point, what you believe in, what you have faith in and faith for and what you can hope for, not in a, in a, Hope for in a way where you are optimistic. Hope for in a way where you're spiritual and you can see beyond the physical and passionately so. Things that um, we're emotionally satisfied right now by things that we are passionately aiming after and for. Sagittarius is the archer, right, with the bow and arrow, and it's aiming high at an intended goal or target. <clears throat> and so, you know, uh, it should be, if it's not such a lucky transit for you right now, um, at least uh, I, I hope and pray that it's at one where you're able to lift yourself out of the doldrum and, and if you happen to be, and, you know, because these Scorpio waters, like we talked about last week and the week before, we've been talking about Scorpio season well before, at least the week before Scorpio season, so a little while now. And we've got just a little while to go. Like I said, we're about halfway through. We're getting there. And um, in the week ahead, we've got a lot of energy shifting into new and different territory beyond Scorpio, okay? So... But but there's still energy here, thick, and it's not like I said last week and the week before and when we've been talking about it, just the potential for murkiness in these scorpionic waters, for psychological muck and mire that we have to dig through, that we have to transform through, that, we, that we're having to die and be reborn anew through, Okay. And so I'm, I made the start of this week ahead, the first quarter moon in Aquarius, because I think it'll just be, thank God for Aquarius, <laughs> shout out to Brother Ampu and all the Aquariuses, thank God for Gemini as well, shout out to Minister Jill and um, the significant Gemini in my personal chart that I love so much, and that y'all get to um experience every week, Gemini rules messages and Mercury and communications, and so it's a blessing to uh, vibrate on that frequency as well. But um, the first quarter moon in Aquarius, I see it energetically as being this, it's a quarter moon, so it's an opportunity to turn a corner Um likely, you know, a, a test or a challenge or a um, a situation. A, um, one, web, one very popular astrology website refers to it as a crisis in consciousness. 
that occurs at these quarter moons. And I always say an opportunity, an energetic opportunity to turn a corner at a quarter moon, okay? And so, you know, for all of those of us (laughs) who could totally use a a new, fresh breakthrough, um, stimulating, um, uh, uh, like when I always talk about Aquarius here and its energy, you know, that electrifying, um, uh, uh, like the shock, uh, when when someone needs to be shocked back to, back to life, and it takes that electrical impulse to restart the communication, you know, um, it the flashes of insight, you know, things turning on a dime, sudden reversal energy. That's Aquarius. That's this first quarter moon. Um, we're going to talk about just a little bit more as we go ahead. It's the highlight of the week ahead because it it sets off the quarter moon is occurring on the 7th. Um, you can look in the episode information for this show if you're online at Blog Talk, um, Inner Peace Lighthouse channel. Um information should read, yes, um, everything that we talk about here in the week ahead. So you can clearly see that the first quarter moon in Aquarius is on the 7th. That precedes, um, we're not looking at this, I know I have Sun sextile Pluto there on the 7th as well. Um, Sextiles are considered generally a lesser aspect, not a major aspect. And so I'm not really counting that as, you know, one of these um, highlights per se. I like to mention the sextile aspects because they are opportunities. They are opportunities to experience, for, for, in my opinion and perspective and observation, the, the sextiles are opportunities for a trine. It's an opportunity for, you know, this easy flow of energy, you just have to initiate it or work for it. Or, you know, you make one step, the universe makes three steps, you know, that kind of thing with the sextile. So I like to mention it because if you need a sun sextile Pluto in your life, (laughs) you're going to get it here in the week ahead on the 7th. But the first quarter moon in Aquarius that I was starting to really describe for you guys um, is the initiating energy for me in the week ahead. And then right after that, on the 8th, Mars ingresses into a new territory, the very territory of the first quarter moon, Aquarius. And so even more so, we're energetically supported as we turn this corner, this new energetic corner, this this um, opportunity um, to allow a test or a challenge to prove us or move us uh, into this new territory, this new direction. When you turn a corner, you're going in an entire new direction, Nine, technically 90 degrees, you know, in a complete, if you did, I don't want to get that deep, but yeah, you're going in a new direction. <laughs> and then um, Venus, after that, is entering new territory, entering Capricorn. For me personally, Capricorn, I'm, Capricorn in general is going to be a harder energy, right? Because it rules hard work, 
smart work, heart work. Um, Capricorn is going to be, you know, a more restrictive energy, a more serious and disciplining energy. Um, And so thank God for Venus entering Capricorn, you know, to really uh, bring some ease and some comfort and to soften um, a lot of Capricorn's harder edges in its manifestation. Um, now, it's still Capricorn, so it it can, Venus here can play out in some ways that Venus is not typically known for. Venus is not known for being hard or serious per se, Um but here there is a more seriousness, a more stabilizing, enduring influence to Venus, which can be beautiful. We'll dig into that here as, um, coming up as well. And then Mercury enters into new territory right after that on the 12th. Um, Venus enters Capricorn on the 11th. Mercury enters Sag on the 12th. That's going to be, you know, Mercury's in Scorpio right now. So our thoughts, our communication, our We dug into that last week, Um, um, well, a couple of weeks, a couple of shows ago now when we dug into it for the first time, but we definitely spoke on it last week. Uh, Mercury right now in Scorpio is is these thoughts and these communications that are either deep and intense and, you know, transformative, transforming, (laughs) um, or they're just, like, um, mysterious and completely (laughs) hidden and blacked out and, you know, psychological. And, I mean, it's just, Scorpio governs all things extreme for a reason. And so communication, extreme communications and dark and, and mysterious communications, definitely intuitive communications, just like on point, uh, where not a lot maybe is even having to be said right now. That's not, that's going to be completely different when we talk about Mercury being in Sagittarius. There's there's a lot going on with Mercury in Sagittarius just because of the fire and the passion and all of that. But Right now, while we're going deep in these scorpionic waters, it's just, it's been a ride, okay? (laughs) You think of scorpionic waters as being intense and deep and emotional and extreme. And and depending on what house or what area of life that Mercury transiting Scorpio is going through for you, is likely where you've seen a lot of this activity go on, and where if you if you are coming at this from the angle that I am intending for us all to look at the, um, these events, astrological, cosmic, energetic events taking place in, then you're kind of heading it off you're kind of heading it off. And so um, here in the week ahead, when we talk about Mercury entering into Sagittarius, know that no matter how deep and mucky and miry it's been here lately, that Sagittarius definitely wants to take our thoughts higher, our communications higher, 
um, more optimistic, more um, adventurous, and seeing the silver lining in any dark, deep, intense, extreme cloud. And so, yeah, um, I love the week ahead energetically. I love the numbers. (laughs) I love the numerology. I love it all. Further ado, let's see. I was just mentioning where we're at now with Moon and Sag. So we're getting a chance to be emotionally satisfied now, okay? Uh, the moon actually went void. <laughs> I, I intended clearly to be um, delivering this message to you guys on yesterday, Wednesday, um, the 2nd, but we are here live on the 3rd. So uh, the moon's actually already void in Sag, though. And um, it doesn't enter Capricorn until 10.05 p.m. Central tonight. So I don't want to get so into void moons. I do mention them every week. I believe that they have some significance. Um, I don't want to overstate the, the weight of it, but I do like to mention it for people that – can appreciate that information. Many of you have and do and have mentioned that to me. Um, it doesn't hurt. Uh, this time around, I didn't put the time, but uh, just a few out, most of the day actually, 5.35 a.m. Central today, Thursday the 3rd until 10.05 p.m. Central this evening. So, yeah, most of today. And I did mention that last week that, that this day would be just a day not a good day for first dates, not a good day for interviews, you know, the first impression, the first time you're meeting someone, not a good day to, you know, um, have a presentation, a really important presentation, the first time you're presenting information to someone, you wouldn't launch a website today, you know, stuff like that, stuff where the energy you want it to be open and fresh and um, alive and in, in a void moon like the moon is right now, <clears throat> um, the energy is kind of, I like to say, asleep. <laughs> you know, there's not new initiatives being planted uh, at this time, so to speak. But, you know, just like in Mercury retrograde, you know, they say, don't buy a new car in a Mercury retrograde and, you know, um, don't sign any important documents, you know, Mercury governs, paperwork and all that stuff. And you have clear and, you know, recorded instances where people have done these exact things and something wonderful did come of it. Or, you know, uh, I've mentioned before about um, a fellow astrologer and their brother bought a car in a Mercury retrograde and the car outlived the brother. The brother passed on and the car is just going strong. <laughs> so it worked. the car thing worked out. Um, so I, I'm just mentioning that for those that care uh, for the void moon information. Um, I care for it. And so a lot of what y'all get is what I have observed that works me personally in my experience, and so I'm just passing it on. And then the rest of this current week that we're in just includes just. (laughs) 
it includes a, a trine, the Venus Uranus trine, which is beautiful. Once again, this Aquarian Uranus energy is calling out to us. You know, Uranus is transiting Aries right now, and so that energy already, Uranus already is a breakthrough energy. Uranus already is a sudden turn of events energy. Uranus is already in, um, in uh, electrical impulse energy, and then it's in Aries, of an impulsive sign itself that, like I always say, Aries is not waiting on anything or anybody. It's ready to go. <laughs> so that being in an easy, easy, effortless flow to Venus and Sagittarius, both at 21 degrees, um, <clears throat> is definitely going to stimulate us all in the area of our love and our money um, uh, and every beautiful, comfortable, uh, sociable thing that we value and activity that we value, okay? So this weekend should really, um, hmm, even though the moon will be in Capricorn, so we will be emotionally satisfied to get down to business, definitely at least through uh, when does it go into Aquarius? Um, at, at least through Sunday. The moon doesn't go into Aquarius until Sunday in our week ahead, um, or a rising, 7.55 a.m. Central, okay? So until then, um, uh, when the moon finally enters Capricorn tonight, uh, we definitely will be emotionally satisfied to be very earthy and practical and realistic, okay, and serious and disciplined and and to work and to work whatever hard heart smart work we've got to do to do it. And so, um, but in the midst of that, <laughs> Venus and Sag will be trying, or you could say that's occurring now as it grows ever closer, applies ever closer to exactness. There on Saturday the 5th um, in our current week, 1.23 a.m. Central, it is exact, okay? <clears throat> We're not going to want to do anything routine or boring. So whatever work we are being emotionally satisfied to do, hey, it can be a, some new work or you know, some exciting work. <laughs> um, uh, our love is the our love energy is being stimulated. Okay, it could be being stimulated because of actual new love in our lives, and we can be the stimulating, you know, factors of this um, energy as well. Something could be, you know, internally. Um, Occurring electrically, you know, um, wanting to just try something different. Okay, <laughs> so anything unique, anything. Um, of course, with Uranus and Venus involved, it could be unexpected and sudden money as well as love. So it could be a really exciting weekend on so many fronts, you guys. Um, whatever, whatever you're being, we. Whatever you may be being called to be serious about moon in Capricorn, to toe the line with yourself, self-disciplined about, 
you know, that incorporate that as well. It will emotionally satisfy you to incorporate that as well. Capricorn rules all things traditional. So yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's an interesting combination of energies this weekend, but definitely you will be satisfied to be social, um, to experiment, to to be feel free to be out and about. Be, be open. It is a Uranus energy, so what does that always call for? Our flexibility. We got to flex on them, right? It calls for our flexibility, and it calls for us to be having an open mind. Otherwise, you're probably going to be mad when something unexpected comes along and you're in this mode of, well, tradition. You know, I've always lay in this I do it every day. And, <laughs> you know, the universe may want to, this weekend in particular, bliss you in the areas of your love and your money and things that you value unexpectedly and suddenly and excitingly and stimulatingly, okay, and in a breakthrough fashion, okay? Oh, I was listening to the show from last Y'all know I'll be listening to to my own show. It's so funny. I love it. I get so excited because I'll be just, <laughs> But last week I sounded really preachy, not like in a preachy way like I'm telling y'all what to do, but in a preachy way like just the tone and the inflection, I was like, wow, I kind of sounded like I was delivering a sermon and cut a jig in the pulpit or something. (laughs) So I love it, y'all. Y'all know I'm having fun if y'all can't tell. Um, Feel free to call in if you're listening online. I see you guys who are on the line. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, You can call in 818 Nine zero three six eight. If you're on the line and you have a question, concern, hopefully not, or just want to add some content to the show, um, shout out to Chef Amira from a few shows ago, and to all the callers, especially my mama's babies. When y'all call in, that just tickles tickles me so, and I love it. Just showing the love um, in every form and fashion. That's why I just want to show it back to y'all. Um, if you're interested in getting a birth chart report, if you're interested in becoming officially a mama's baby and subscribing to the weekly service where you get the one-hour consult with me as well as the in-advance week-ahead transit report and the bonus specialty reports for the new moons and the full moons and the eclipses, um, all of that information can be found in the episode information for the show, Okay. All right, y'all, we're ready to jump into the week ahead, Sunday, November the 6th through Saturday, November the 12th. I mentioned at the end of last week, excuse me, as I must mean I need another drink of water. Um, I mentioned at the end of last week's show that daylight savings time in the areas that observe it would be ending on the 6th, okay, on Sunday. So... Um, On Sunday, you would set your clock back in certain areas. Um, Clearly, everyone does not observe this. And so for Arizona, Hawaii, um, American Samoa, Guam, Northern Mariana Islands, 
and United States Virgin Islands, they this this would not apply to them. And so that's setting the week off. Um feeling like I'm pretty sure you're losing an hour of sleep, but at in the new you know, when the clocks reset themselves and the like in the affected areas, Sunday the sixth, three fifty six AM Central, the moon goes voice <laughs> bliss me. <laughs> Uh, the moon goes void as it conjuncts Mars, okay? And it goes void just for a few hours from 3.56 a.m. to 7.55 a.m. That's when the moon does enter Aquarius, and you know that that's when I, I, I like to read the energies when they first come in. Okay, I don't care where it is in your chart. Maybe, you know, Aquarius uh, in your chart, it doesn't affect a certain house until you're halfway into Aquarius, right? So maybe the moon enters Aquarius on a certain date, but it doesn't hit a particular maybe planet, cusp, or point in your chart until a few days later. Let's just say that, for example. Well, I wouldn't wait until those few days later when this energy gets exact. When it enters Aquarius, it's a, in, from my observation, when it enters that energy, it starts affecting that area of your chart. I really haven't seen it play out a lot of other ways, and I've been observing it in myself and with my mama's babies that I – so love and appreciate that they get to check in with me every week, and I get to. I've been able to observe this for nearly a year now in other pe- in people other than myself regularly, consistently. So it, I feel confident and safe in saying that when the moon enters Aquarius here on Sunday, rising 7:55 a.m. Central. Uh, we're going to start to feel this shift that the first quarter moon in Aquarius is going to energetically provide, okay? Um, the first quarter moon doesn't happen until, is not exact until Monday the 7th at 1.51 p.m. Central. But like I said, Sunday the 6th at 7.55 a.m. Central, when the moon first gets into Aquarius, what degree is this uh, first quarter moon at? I believe it's 15. Let me double check. Y'all know I like to be exact. Um, November, the first quarter moon, yeah, 15 degrees and 50 minutes, okay? And so, you know, it hit, when it goes into a sign, clearly the moon would be entering Aquarius at the zero degree, right? At the 15 degree and 50 minutes, that's when the first quarter moon happens. And the difference in time is that day, from Sunday early rising until Monday later, later in the afternoon, almost 2 p.m. Central, Okay. But you've got this window of time. You've got this, maybe you want to look at it as a head start 
to the first quarter moon. Access to this breakthrough, stimulating, exciting, electrifying, sudden, unexpected energy, okay? And in the midst of that, on Monday, early rising, 2.25 a.m., the sun sextiles Pluto. And like I said, it's not a major aspect. It's a sextile. Fine. I get it. (laughs) But once again, I'm telling you about my observations. I've observed taking advantage of an opportunity that the sextile represents to achieve some other aims and goals that, you know, if you only had major aspects to rely on, you wouldn't even notice or uh, tap into consciously. And so with the sun sextiling Pluto, 2.25 a.m. Central on Monday the 7th at 15 degrees, the sun at in 15 degrees Scorpio and Pluto at 15 degrees Capricorn, um, that focus with the sun, and the Pluto power, the, the the transformative drive and power, you know, it's Mars's higher octave Pluto is. And Mars is already drive and sexuality. So Pluto is this extremely intensified version of that. So it is an obsessive drive to succeed with Pluto, Okay. And so here on Monday, and definitely as we get closer to Monday, uh, we're going to um, be very extremely driven to focus on achieving our goals, okay? Um, Sun is a masculine energy, and so Pluto just, transforming and intensifying and driving us deep, Um, just it's going to be, I think it'll be an obvious energy, but it it may not be so obvious with Pluto governing Scorpio and all things kind of mysterious and hidden. It may not be so obvious how to uh, extract the opportunity from whatever may come up in your physical reality as we get closer to this time. Um, But definitely anything that you want or that needs to be transformed, um, something kind of like the the tower in the tarot. Y'all know I've been studying the tarot, so I've been talking about the tarot on the show. And so um, the tower card represents this event or this, you know, experience, this energy that occurs that was kind of destined to break down anyway because it wasn't built on a strong foundation. (laughs) Tarot is deep, y'all. And so it represents something that was bound to or destined to fall and crumble I guess, topple over in in some of the uh, depictions, the pictures, it's like this literal leaning tower and it looks like lightning struck it or is blowing up or something. And so, you know, it's it's death and it's rebirth. Like the thing had to fall because it was built on crap anyway, but it had to fall so it could be restructured 
born anew, rebirth, so it could rise from the ashes like a phoenix into, you know, this butterfly that comes from this cocoon, like this, this transform, transforming power that Pluto represents here in the sun sextile Pluto um, alignment here in the week ahead. And so uh, additionally, Pluto governs, like like I was mentioning, the extreme things that Pluto represents and the obsessive and the compuls- compulsive tendencies. Um, these tendencies can be harnessed at this time, okay? The sun, like I said, represents that focus and the ego and the will. I will do this. I will not do this. Intensely so, in a in a masculine energy so, in a focused energy so, right? And Pluto only serves to intensify that, okay? So this is a divine opportunity if you need, once again, if you need to transform something, especially if it's a habit, especially if it's a compulsion, especially if it's an obsessive tendency, it can be that same energy can be focused in a different direction, in a direction of something you need to get done that may be difficult to get done, that you need to set yourself to become obsessive or compulsive about, to transform it. And so, yeah, if something, if it's a bad habit, if it's something that outmoded a whole way of thinking or doing that is not serving you or anybody involved, or just your room, your your bedroom or your bathroom or your kitchen or your closet or your storage facility, get obsessive or compulsive about that. Harness that energy to get that done. Whatever you are being, we are being obsessive or, or compulsive about, especially here in Scorpio season that Pluto governs, that Mars governs. We're getting that done, making sure to get that done. All the taboos and the and the mysterious things, the hidden things, the compulsive things. That those are getting done, so we can choose in this energy. And there's a, there will be, there is a divine opportunity <clears throat> to allow the feeling of being determined and the feeling of being and doing on purpose, focused energy. You're not accidentally going to transform this area of your life that needs to be, that needs to die and be reborn. It's not going to happen on accident. It'll be a focused energy like this, an opportunity to focus that energy that's going to get it done. Um, uh, Your magnetic attraction at this time uh, could be increased. You You could experience an increase in that and, um, you know, the mysteriousness of Pluto and the hidden and the the deep sexuality that's there, there could be a focus of that energy as well and therefore 
you know, really increase that personal and sexual and mysterious magnetism about you. Um, and, it, and it can make you feel powerful. Go with power. Okay? It can make you feel powerful. It can make you feel like on the lower vibrations. I got to talk about it. <laughs> That's what Sun and Scorpio want me to do. We want to shine a light on the darkness and the hidden things. And I'm not saying darkness in a religious context where darkness is bad. If you follow this astrological study long enough, you'll easily and clearly see that. It's not bad per It is just hidden. It's mysterious. And a lot of things that we don't know about because it's hidden or mysterious, we tend to just go on and slap a negative label on it. And that keeps us, I spoke on it last week's show, and then that, that kind of keeps us from having to bear that responsibility or be, be the fearlessness that it takes to, 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 to uh, navigate through these murky, scorpionic waters, okay? And so, um, but when you can and when you do, then you, you, you feel powerful. Then you exude your power. We are powerful, we are all not exuding and 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 focusing and harnessing our power. <clears throat> Here coming up in the week ahead, you're going to get a, a divine opportunity uh, to consciously and in a very focused way. It won't be by accident. You'll be able to take advantage of this opportunity. And as long as you're not vibrating on a low level where okay, I'm exuding all this power and I'm magnetic and I'm just going to go manipulate a whole bunch of people and be conniving and vibrate on a really low scorpionic level. (laughs) Then you get to find out a whole other meaning of death and rebirth and transformation. It just, it's what we all, we all have an opportunity to choose one way or another, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. That's why in the episode information for every show, um, there's that line in the um, information about the show where we're incorporating into each week's broadcast useful planetary wisdom, metaphysical chat, spiritual insights, and a real talk about how embracing the spiritual guidance of the stars impacts us whether we realize it or not. I love that I said it that way because we're being spiritually guided whether we realize it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not. I love how Brother Ampu talks about, you know, people that he's known and how they manifest these spiritual and astrological and cosmological um, realities and energies. Even Minister Jew talks about it, uh, um, about being the living hieroglyph. You know, now it's not, in, you know, carved into stone. We're living hieroglyphs and the symbols and images and energies and, and archetypes being played out, being described, being so. Um, and, and everybody does not have a conscious awareness of their participation in it. Most people <laughs> probably won't be able to break down the astrology to you 
of what's going on in any given situation, the symbols of it all, the, the subconscious messages, you know, of it that are involved. And so um, we definitely will be are satisfied in scorpionic waters with this Pluto energy that we have access to so strongly here in the week ahead um, to experience power that that is intuitive. You know, Pluto and Scorpio talk about this intuitiveness that is that can destroy. Pluto is death. But it can also give life. It can it can be reborn. It can be transformed. It can be made new. And so um, you know, definitely use if you're using here in the week ahead, you know, as the week starts off here, Sunday, Monday, <clears throat> your power, the magnetism and the power that you are exuding and embodying, that if you use it for the highest, Pluto is, is operating at its highest power, is operating at its highest transformation, is operating at its highest. Death and rebirth energy is operating at its highest when it is for the betterment of all involved. Use your power for the betterment of all involved, and then you ain't got to worry about no low vibrational BS when it comes to Pluto and Scorpio. You ain't trying to manipulate somebody if you're trying to help them. Come on. You're not trying to be conniving if you're trying to, exude the energy of thriving, there's more than enough. You ain't got to connive a manipulator or uh, control nobody but you and flex your power that way. Totally transformative. There's, there's healing in scorpionic waters. It don't have to be a psychological mucky, miry mess. It can be some deep waters of of just even, uh, there's, a, there's a real ancient feel and flow, like you just got access to energies from times past in this area. I've just been allowing spirits to minister all kind of truths about this area of space that the sun is traveling through right now today to me, and it, it is that deep, deep. Two shows, three shows, a month's worth of shows talking about Scorpio ain't going to be enough. A month's worth of living through it. But it's, it's, it's going to have to be enough while the sun is there at least to um, allow our self-expression, allow our, our ego drive and our will, um, our, our, our desires to be transformed. Um, and to transform us, okay? And so uh, make no mistake, Scorpio and Pluto, when you do utilize your power to for the benefit not only of you but for others, guess what? You get immediate benefits and blessings because this is the same area of space that governs shared resources. Come on. It governs bonuses and inheritances and taxes and uh, uh, bonds and stocks, okay? Any, any shared resources, 
any resources of others is governed by Pluto and Scorpio, eighth house energy, okay? So just when you're utilizing your power and your magnetic attractiveness for the benefit of all involved, guess what? You mess around and and your eighth house come up. (laughs) You step your Scorpio Pluto eighth house game up. So that's amazing. You could, there could be uh, an opportunity for gain and advancement through others sharing their resources with you in the week ahead. Okay, it could happen. Um. Anything, uh, there could be an opportunity present itself also surrounding opportunities for research, investigation that's governed by Pluto and Scorpio 8th house, the occult, occult subjects, metaphysics, solving mysteries, um, and, and psycho, study of psychological perspectives, possibly through your personal interactions, okay? Might be a lot of... Um, no, I'm not even going to put that in the atmosphere. Um, now, if someone like Lisa Bonet, Louis Farrakhan, Charlie Parker were born with sun in a sextile aspect to Pluto, then they're going to be people that hold this magnetic attraction, right? People just magnetize to Lisa Bonet, to Louis Farrakhan, to Charlie Parker, and somebody like Jim Jones, who was a cult leader, had Sun Sextile Pluto in their chart. And you wonder why somebody followed this Caucasian man with shades on and a suit, <laughs> you know, of halfway across the world to this, you know, deserted place to die. Well, this is this is the energy of that I've been describing of Sun Sextile Pluto, and when you were born under this, that's why the birth chart reports are so uh, beneficial. And shout out to my most recent, you know, requesters of the birth chart and our um, our newest subscriber. We the Mama's Baby Nation is growing. I love all my baby, my mama's babies. So thank you guys. Um, but you know, if you're born with this aspect, there's just hidden forces within you that that are so powerful that they can you know push you to achieve great things and have tremendous um, success and power. Um, you know, just drive and determination times a million, you know, fueling their, what they want, what these people want. Uh, These people are likely to be remembered. These people are likely to be noticed. And um, just solely based on that deep, deep, deep Plutonian, powerful, intense, extreme desire to shine with that sun in a sextile, okay? And so that leads us to the first quarter moon. Um, I'm, you know, in, in Aquarius, the moon's in Aquarius at this point in the week ahead on Monday when the first quarter moon happens at 1.51 p.m. Central and um, later in the afternoon. Um, 
but like I said, I, I just see Aquarius energy alone is going to feel like a fresh energy for those who, you know, Scorpio, it can be, it, it rules intensity. It rules extremes. It might be a little deep for some. It might be a little intense for some. It might be a little, you know, to death and rebirth for some. So here in the week ahead on Monday when we get to hit this first quarter moon in Aquarius, hey, for those who have kind of been, like I always say when I talk about Aquarius and Uranus and 11th house energy, everybody ain't mad because Uranus came along, <laughs> you know, a Uranus transit hit or a transit to the 11th house or um, an Aquarius uh, lunation like this one, a first quarter moon in Aquarius. These are things that can trigger Uranus Aquarius 11th house energy in our experience. So um, maybe some aren't so thrown off by these things and they like mess around and be born with Venus conjunct Uranus in your natal chart. Mess around and be born with Venus in the 11th house, you know, of your natal chart. You're probably going to like things that are different and unique and exciting and stimulating like astrology and, you know, electrical things and technology. So the future, so everybody is not thrown off by sudden and unexpected things. Everybody is not, you know, I hear a lot of people, and I used to say it a lot, I don't like surprises, you know. I like to know what's going on. I like to plan for stuff. And, and I just, since studying astrology, it really helps um, put living in balance. Um, and, and you get to see everything represented and have a significance and a value. There's a place for it all. And so at the at the point of this, this uh, first quarter moon, We'll get that for whatever your new moon in Scorpio intentions were or are, since we're still in that season very strongly, um, whatever your Scorpio new moon um, initiatives and, you know, uh, affirmations that you've made that you, you know, the declarations that you've made that you you desire, because that's Scorpio's motto, right? I desire or I create. And so whatever you desire and whatever you are creating, it could, it could, it could, it will experience its first energetic test here in the week ahead um, around Monday after or leading up to Monday afternoon. It will experience its first crisis or opportunity to make an adjustment, to turn a corner, corner that by the full moon here on November the 14th that, you know, you could tweak this thing. Everything you wrote, when we were talking about the new moon last week, I talked about the blank canvas, the, the blank um, chalkboard that you at a new moon, <laughs> you get to write your new intentions for the month for the season of Scorpio, and for the year ahead, you're charging up Scorpio until we hit Scorpio season again next year. 
and you're charging it up for the area of space depicted in your birth chart, that Scorpio, where it is. And so this this time that we're living in Scorpio season right now, today, Thursday, November the 3rd, is vital as it relates to Scorpionic things. And this first quarter moon in Aquarius is going to give us an opportunity for a breakthrough, maybe a new flash of insight, a new idea, a new inventive, um, you know, idea that comes to you at this time, around this time of the first quarter moon in Aquarius in the week ahead, Monday afternoon, leading up to Monday afternoon, where you get to turn a corner and make an even better stride towards whatever these Scorpio new moon goals are that by the full moon on November the 14th will show you at least on the short term how well you're doing or not. Okay? We are doing or not. Uh, Aquarius is a really social energy Please, once again, while you're being flexible, while you're flexing on them, being flexible, being open-minded, uh, I want you also to <clears throat> be open socially. Aquarius is an energy that talks about humanitarianism, but it also talks about networking. It also talks about groups that we associate with. So I want you to consider that that may have something to do with the corner that you turn here in the week ahead. It may have something to do with the group association that you're able to have a clearer view or you're able to get a little bit closer to your goal because of because of a group, because of someone you end up networking with, because of a friend. 11th House Aquarius governs friendships. Um, it could be because of a cause. Once again, ruling humanitarian things, it could be because of a cause that something shifts for you so that you're able to turn a, a corner, okay? Um, what else did I want to say about the first quarter moon in Aquarius? Um, the color blue is associated with Aquarius. Uh Oh yeah, the the like the 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 whole intellectual. It's an air sign, and it's 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 really inventive, and it's really kind of genius. <laughs> Aquarius is, and so uh, like I said, that could be that uh, impulse, that in the flash of insight or flash of awareness. There's something just. Like a light bulb goes off, a light bulb, what they Oprah calls it, an aha moment. Um, <clears throat> it could be an aha moment around Monday afternoon that just really is a breakthrough for you. That's why I put that title in the show. That's what Aquarius represents to me every time it pops up. It may be sudden and unexpected. You may not have seen it coming. Uranus and Aquarius governs um, lightning. You don't know when lightning is going to strike. It kind of sneaks up on you and surprises you sudden, suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, but it may just be that impetus for change, that breakthrough energy that shifts you and 
expects you to a new, I like to, that, that kind of word association with Aquarius and Uranus too, along with breakthrough new. Because if it's, if it's sudden and unexpected, it, it automatically means change. That's why you have to stay flexible. That's why we have to stay flexible and open-minded because change is afoot. It's the first quarter moon. That means change. It's the first quarter moon in Aquarius. That means change. Some people are waiting on change. So that's an exciting thing to hear, that there's change afoot in the week ahead. Some people hate change, dread change. They don't want anything to change. They're probably a Capricorn or a Virgo in stuck in routine. <laughs> no offense. I, Mama loves all her Virgo, Virgos and Capricorns. Trust me. <laughs> but, you know, this is what is ahead for us, and I hope that it, and pray that it is just a breakthrough energy that you've been waiting for, looking for, needing. Um, It may get darkest before dawn. Okay, let me say that, especially as we're leading up to this energy, this breakthrough energy, it may get a little bit worse up in these scorpionic waters. It may get a little bit more psychological. It may get a little deeper, more intense, more extreme, more taboo, more mysterious more hidden before the breakthrough, the break of day, the break of dawn, the the electrifying, stimulating energy brings it back to life. It may just have to die a little bit more, a little dead, dead, a little deader. It may have to get a little deader for it is reborn here in this breakthrough fashion. <clears throat> We're on a crash course towards this full moon anyway, okay? The 14th of November is going to hold significance for everybody. It's a full moon. Every Emotions for sure are going to be on full, okay? Familiarity, things that we've, you know, gotten comfortable with and in and homey with that represents the moon. It's going to be on full, our lunacy, our, our our emotional routines, you see what I'm saying? And so this first quarter moon in Aquarius is just going to be the shift, the shift, the, the corner turning that we need to, you know, slide into home plate at the full moon in style. So whatever is coming up, up uh, leading up to this uh, first quarter moon on Monday afternoon. Even now, that's why I love doing the show in advance. That's why I love the format of this show that we basically are doing a show a week early because <clears throat> then you get to set your intentions. I intend fully to be so happy and so thankful to turn a corner. It's coming. The, tourna- the corner going to be turned. So I might as well set my intention right now to be so happy and thankful that I get to turn a corner and have a breakthrough next by next Monday afternoon. In whatever ways, in whatever Aquarian ways it wants to manifest, I can I'll, I can look to my own personal natal chart 
see where Aquarius is and incorporate those energies into into my own personal reading of how it could play out energetically and just set my attention and manifest it on the highest vibration possible. Who wouldn't want to? Who wouldn't who would know some stuff in advance <clears throat> and still do some dumb stuff? So point in knowing some stuff in advance is you still just gonna be on some BS. Might as well manifest this Aquarian energy, uh, the the Scorpio energy that's squaring it in the highest vibration and manifestation possible, okay? <clears throat> All right. Uh, then on Tuesday, the 8th, um, 7.54 a.m. Central, the moon sextiles Venus and goes void, of course. Until that afternoon, 3.45 p.m. Central, the moon enters Pisces on Tuesday, and we're going to shift energies once again. We're going to start being emotionally um, satisfied once again for the month until next month when the moon enters Pisces. Uh, <clears throat> be emotionally satisfied to be emotional. You know, they're in Pisces. Pisces is a water sign. It governs the 12th house of endings <clears throat> and um, spirituality, a certain uh, a certain kind and amount of karma. Um, uh, what else sticks out about Pisces that I want to mention? Oh, yeah, just being. No wonder I couldn't hardly pin it down. Pisces is the area you can't pin things down in because there are no boundaries. It's like a, my favorite word. I think I've said it already on the show today before, but smorgasbord, you know, it's a, <clears throat> a free-for-all. They're in Pisces um, where things can end as well. Uh, we may be emotionally satisfied as of Tuesday afternoon to end something, okay, to potentially just to let something go, just to release and surrender and accept something, to forgive in Pisces will be emotionally satisfied to just be, to just meditate, to just pray, to just unconditionally love, receive, and give it, to, to be selfless and to serve others with passion. <clears throat> and so that that's what Moon and Pisces is going to be doing for us. Um, we'll be emotionally satisfied to do that. 11.51 p.m. that same Tuesday, the 8th, Central, Mars shifts, okay? We've turned, we've, we've turned, by this time, we will have energetically turned our Aquarian corner <clears throat> only for Mars to make its ingress, okay, into this same area of space. It's so beautiful, you guys, to watch it all play out, especially in advance. Um, Mars going into Aquarius is going to give us the impulse, the activation, the the uh, the impetus for these new things. If you're waiting on your, you know, actions with your mood or your emotions, you're going to get that on Tuesday night. Now, clearly a lot of us could be in bed or asleep, but 
<clears throat> when you wake up on Wednesday, this is impetus. And Mars, it's Mars, so you did, let's not play like this impetus and energy can't be felt uh, even earlier. And I, I really think that that's what the moon entering Aquarius, even as early as Sunday, this coming Sunday, the 6, 7.55 a.m. Central, is, is go, exactly what it's going to do. We're going to feel that impetus even as soon as then. Um, the first quarter moon there on Monday afternoon is just going to – once the corner is turned, you can't go back the other direction. It's official. The energy has shifted. So <clears throat> I believe we're going to start that there on Sunday rising. Monday afternoon it's definitely going to be different energetically. And then, yeah, if you just, I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's good. I think by the time Tuesday the 8th, 11.51 p.m. Central comes when Mars exactly ingresses into Aquarius, I think we will all, just, it'll just be official by then. But we will, we will have well been into this Aquarian energy and just ready, and just ready. I think then the impatience, you know, some of these other manifestations of margin energy may manifest even more pronouncedly, like the impatience, like, you know, <clears throat> we just cannot wait to do this new thing. We cannot wait to start this breakthrough thing or this, you know, this flash of insight that we got. We'll be actually wanting to make, take concrete action steps, physical action to do something about this breakthrough, this flash of insight, this impulse, this um, flash of awareness that 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 likely will have occurred sometime between Sunday and Monday. By Tuesday, you're going to be ready to act on it, okay? Uh, when Mars is in Aquarius, the our energy levels definitely can be intense, uh, stimulating, and electrifying, but it could be a little here and there scattered, okay? Um, it's not going to be routine in Aquarius what we do, okay? We're going to achieve our means. We're going to take actions that are out of the ordinary, possibly and potentially out of our comfort zone. <laughs> we're going to take actions that are unique and express our individuality and potentially our rebelliousness, our, our, our need for freedom to express ourselves freely. And so uh, Aquarius, like I said, does govern networking and groups and, and humanitarian causes and friendships. So we could be motivated to, to, you know, maneuver, take action in these arenas, in more cooperative, uh, you know, group-associated ways, okay? And because it's the humanitarian <clears throat> area of space where we are incorporating others to make for a more full picture, um, that we're not so. I know Mars governs Aries, and that's talking about the self and selfishness and self-motivated and everything about ourselves, us, I, self. 
Um, but in Aquarius, where it is, you know, wanting to be humanitarian, we're going to want to take actions that are humanitarian, that are, you know, um, taking the collective into account. And so uh, it may feel a little unconventional for us, um, but we're going to likely have a more, uh, not in a mushy way, okay? Aquarius is a real... It can be really detached um, and impersonal, okay? But it, it can be really intellectual as well. Um, like I thought we talked about kind of the genius frequency and all that. So we're going to be attracted. With Mars in, in Aquarius, you could be driven to take action, Mars, that in in ways that governs astrology, since astrology is, uh, is ruled by Aquarius, so you could be, you know, motivated with Mars to get a, a your birth chart report, you know, to dig deeper into your own personal astrology. That's how I like to teach people astrology by teaching them their own personal astrology. That's going to be. You will never get bored learning about yourself, <laughs> even if it is in astrological terminology. It'll it'll automatically increase your interest and desire to learn it because it's so fascinating. <clears throat> even with some people, you may be listening to this show right now and not even realize that you were born with Mars and Aquarius, which means you're coming up on a Mars return, which happens about once every two years, setting the energetic tone for the, your next two years on the actions that you take in these Aquarian ways, okay? So that's the value of knowing your chart. That's the value of studying and making these observations re- consistently and regularly, and um, <clears throat> by consciously choosing to be aware and participate in these cycles, okay? And so uh, we're definitely going to be, like I say, wanting to step out of these comfort zones, wanting an enlightening and awakening, um, wanting to be social and connect, form new alliances, um, join new groups, form new groups, um, change our current associations, and um, Mars governs a certain, Mars does govern sex and and, uh, sexuality, and so in Aquarius, where we're stepping out of comfort zones and we're experimenting, that can be something that goes on as well, (laughs) and um, once again, with Aquarius governing a real mental air stimulating, electric, um, impulse, um, genius kind of frequency, uh, there could be stimulation and and, uh, mental motivation, okay? Mental exchanges, mental um, uh, incorporate uh, mental challenges even, mental... um, exercise that we'll want to engage in, okay? All right. Let me see how much time I've got. I don't want to just stop here with the horoscopes. Let me go, and if anything, I'll come back and do the horoscopes for that. 
um, once we've gone through the rest of the week because I can do horoscopes for the others later on. Um, Venus doesn't enter Capricorn until Friday, and <clears throat> Mercury doesn't enter Sag until Saturday. So uh, if I came back next Wednesday and discussed those horoscopes, you know, I'd still be ahead of time. So let's keep going, you guys. Um, on Thursday, the 10th, Moon does square Venus for just a couple of hours um, from 5.16 p.m. Central until 7.45 p.m. Central when the Moon enters Aries. The Moon does square Venus when it goes void for those couple of hours and <clears throat> will be just like that out of the we're going through a shift here, another shift here in the week ahead. We're going to the first quarter moon in Aquarius. We're shifting from Mars uh, Mars being in Capricorn to Mars going into Aquarius. We're shifting from Venus being in Sagittarius currently to Venus going into Capricorn. We're shifting from Mercury being in Scorpio to Mercury going into Sag. And we're shifting here with the moon entering Aries. Uh, from the moon being in Pisces, closing out, ending. I told you Pisces talks about the um, a time for endings potentially <laughs> until uh, the moon. So they're between, let me give you all, they're between Tuesday afternoon, 3.45 p.m. Central, when the moon enters Pisces, um, until Thursday, just a couple of days later, at 7.45 p.m. Central, when the moon enters Aries, we're going to sense an energetic, at least emotional shift <clears throat> of feeling like we're starting anew, like we're closing out, we're shifting from the closing out of one lunar cycle of Aries through Pisces to start again. <clears throat> and that you know, I hope that that ministers to you guys even more so about, <clears throat> excuse me, some, excuse me, guys, I am, the seasons are changing where I'm at really sharply, and I'm just trying to keep up. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea and liquid water, so <clears throat> y'all just bear with me. I hope to sound significantly better by next show. Um but, yeah, that, that Aries, the Pisces feel, and then going from Tuesday being in Pisces to Thursday being in Aries, it, it, it is kind of even reminiscent of this Scorpio energy. And I love that they're both water signs. They're both emotional signs. They're both talking about emotions <clears throat> and intuition, that gut-level communication that goes on that doesn't need any words, it doesn't need any symbols. It just needs to feel, okay? And so, um, but I think this this uh, shifting of the moon cycles is reminiscent of the transformativeness of Scorpio season as well. And, and the shifts, all the shifting that's happening in the week ahead, starting out with the first quarter moon in Aquarius, where we're turning a corner and shifting energetically even then. So, it, next week is just a week of shift. It's just a week of shift. If you've been waiting on some shifts and some energy to change and and switch up and take off in a different direction on you, you got it, baby. And <clears throat> after Thursday evening, 7.45 p.m. Central, when the moon enters Aries, 
we're going to be ready to go. We're going to be emotionally satisfied to take off. We went from 12th house where we were resting and we were meditating and praying and we were accepting whatever needed to be accepted so we can end it and get ready for this new energy into moon being in Aries there as a Thursday evening. And we're going to be emotionally satisfied to set it off and start something new, anything new. We're going to be dynamic. We're going to be ready to go. We're going to be on fire. Aries is a fire sign. We're going to be passionate. We're going to be um, likely a little impatient. <laughs> and so <clears throat> with that, with that, thankfully, uh, we've got a good little lead into Friday the 11th at 1050 Central when Venus enters Capricorn. <clears throat> Aries is a cardinal sign and so is Capricorn. Aries sets off the entire zodiac, okay, and it definitely sets off the spring season. <laughs> Capricorn sets off the winter, okay? It's the initiating cardinal energy for that season. So while we're being emotionally satisfied in these new ways, our love and our money and what we value is taking some new turns and shifts and initiating, being uh, um, having, having an initiating feel to it as well. <clears throat> We could sense a boost as of Friday night um, when Venus enters Capricorn with our um, professional relationships. Um, Capricorn governs the our life direction, and and a lot of astrologers, not all, um, I tend not to unless it is blatantly clear and obvious. <laughs> um, but a lot of astrologers associate Capricorn with you know um, career specifically. But definitely life direction, definitely where we're ambitious and goal-oriented and um, seeking status in a particular area of our lives, that's Capricorn. And it, just, it does tend to have a very business feel because Capricorn is serious, okay, and disciplined and responsible. <clears throat> tends to be good with money, you know. And so um, Venus, is going to Venus, wherever Venus goes to, it brings the ease, it brings the comfort, it brings, you know, the beauty and the art, okay? And so Venus is entering Capricorn is bringing that energy to business endeavors, business relationships, um, not just business, but even people in our life that represent this more serious, mature, um, traditional, parental energy. So literally, <clears throat> ease and beauty and comfort coming to blessing, boosting our relations with our parents, with elders in our lives, with our bosses or superiors or authority figures or teachers, okay? And so... Um, that's going to be going on for, I didn't get the date on that, when it shifts into the next sign of Aquarius, but it should be at least for a few weeks where these relationships are getting a boost, okay? It should be a beautiful boost. <laughs> Bless me. It should be a beautiful boost. 
Um, and it's definitely anything um, where artistic expression and beauty and art um, exists, this is a good time for structure that Capricorn uh, represents and form to enhance that talent or um, or artistic creation, okay? <clears throat> um, not only uh, our relations with these elders and parents and bosses and teachers getting a, a, a Venusian boost, um, but definitely people who support the Capricorn energy in our life, people who support our ambitions, people who support our life direction, people who support, um, <clears throat> you know, our careers and our goals, th- that those connections, okay, are, are uh, boosted and enhanced at this time. Even our ability to form those connections being boosted okay we value we're going to be valuing venus governs what we value we're going to be valuing connections that last that are enduring that are reliable okay and that and where there's loyalty and faithfulness we're going to value that in the context of all of our relations all of our social interactions and connections as of friday november the 11th 11 11 y'all at Practically 11 o'clock, 10.54 p.m. Central, okay? Um, Under this energy, social, all things of a social nature are going to express more Capricornian. And if you know anything about earth signs, especially Capricorn, things could take a little time. It could take 30 years. <laughs> we don't have 30 years. We just have a few weeks of this transit. But it could take the duration of this transit to warm up to somebody new, okay? Um, because in, under this energy in Capricorn, Venus is expressing herself furiously. She's expressing herself capriciously, Capricorn. And she's expressing herself in this really cool, you know, um, uh, Capricorn is like a, a energy that kind of de- can depress, you know, it can restrict, it, it can cool, it can just be cold. And so that cooling effect could um, be seen or experienced in these Venusian areas of our lives where we get together with friends and, you know, don't take it personal while Venus is in Capricorn if somebody is just too cool for school up in your circle. It's not that they're too cool per se. They could be. I don't know. But likely it is just them. Where it comes to expressing feelings, Venusian feelings, you know, they're just taking it seriously. They're taking it cautiously. They're taking it slowly. They're they're not playing around. They're um, in Capricorn. You know things are pared down. You pare down. You trim the fat. So there won't, won't, probably won't be a lot of extra comfort. You know the Venus comfort. You know Venus rules like the comfort food and the comforting feelings and the affection. There probably won't be a lot of extra of that. Because Capricorn wants to get down to business, what is required, no extra, no fat, no fluff. 
<clears throat> and so that's good to know. It's good to know Venus is going to be in Capricorn so you don't get all offended. Know a Capricorn? <laughs> Might be a little easy to get offended um, if you're taking seriously or personally their coolness. If you're taking personally their ambition and their seriousness and their being mature and responsible and self-disciplined, that's not personal to you. It is just the way that they are. And so we're all going to kind of get to see a glimpse of that um, <clears throat> governs women. So women in general could be seen during this time as more business-like bosses, you know, um, as uh, the authority on matters. Um, and... Um, and and definitely a Venusian relationships and you know uh, could could experience a level of seriousness that you know hadn't been experiencing. Things could get serious in relationships. Okay, um, there could be bound, Capricorn talks about boundaries. Okay, and so there could be certain boundaries in partnerships. Um, that make themselves present or known, okay, uh, <clears throat> with relationships being more just on a serious note. And so uh, it's just a lot of ways this can play out, but I don't want to just camp out here too long. I do have horoscopes for this as well, so I like to get moving. Um Yeah, let's definitely keep it moving. As we get close, we'll talk about it again, I know, next week. I can't help myself. I try not to talk about anything in the week when I'm doing the week ahead from that current week, but it's so exciting and interesting to keep up with it all. I end up mentioning it again, so I know we'll go even deeper. Um, Saturday the 12th, we're rounding out our week ahead. We're at Saturday the 12th. 6.45 a.m. Central, the moon does conjunct Uranus and go void for a little less than a couple of hours. Um, actually, that's not true. It does that, oh, practically all day Saturday because the moon does not enter Taurus until 8.24 p.m. Central, and it goes void at 6.45 a.m. Central. <clears throat> so, in the midst of that void moon all day Saturday, look, if you're getting together with somebody Saturday, just make sure it's not the first date. Get together with somebody, um, your, you know, people you've kicked it with before, hung out with before, familiar with, you know. You're likely not doing a whole lot of presentations or interviews on a Saturday anyway, so let this be a Saturday where you follow um, some of these other uh, void moon <clears throat> guidelines that could really help you out, like if you have lost something. A void moon is a perfect moon to look for something you've lost in. Um, if you need to review or edit something or um, revise or go over something or um, make a to-do list, that's an awesome thing to do. Maybe this Saturday is the Saturday where you're planning your week ahead, not even on Sunday, but Saturday in the week ahead. So, you know, just know that this Saturday is the Saturday to kind of 
finish up things that you've already started before the moon went void. Um, review things that, you know, you're scrutinizing things, going over things with a fine-tooth comb before you start something new. When the moon finally does enter um, Taurus there on Saturday evening at 8.24 p.m. Central. And then um, you're utilizing Mercury ingressing into Sagittarius to help you. And while the moon is void, there on Saturday the 12th at 8.39 a.m. Central, Mercury ingresses into Sagittarius from Scorpio, okay? And um, <laughs> so enjoy your the last vestiges of Mercury's transit through Scorpio this year. And uh, while you can, because it all shifts from the deep depths of Scorpio to the high heights of Sagittarius next Saturday rising, 8.39 a.m. Central. Um, <clears throat> so there's this more shifts <laughs> happening in the week ahead, and this is the final one. Well, the final one before the moon um, shifts into Taurus there on Saturday evening. But with Mercury in Sagittarius, definitely our thoughts, Mercury, our thinking gets a boost. It goes high. It gets taken higher. It gets to expand and grow and advance and learn and teach and become the guru. And our thinking gets to go on an adventure and it gets to, to to experience a sense of humor that maybe while Mercury has been going through Scorpio has been a little lacking. Things are real serious and extreme in Scorpio. And so we get this shift in our thinking for sure next week. We get a shift in our actions and our drives and our motivations with Mars going from um, <clears throat> Capricorn to Aquarius. We get a shift in our, our what we value and our values and our love and our money uh, with Venus going from Sagittarius to Capricorn. And finally, here rounding out the week, we get a shift in our thinking. We finally get to go higher with this, with with um, our thought processes. Um, the same thought processes that right now are being put through. I just, I just keep muck and mire <laughs> keep coming up because it's so intense and deep and psychological and <laughs> unavoidable, inescapable. Like, Scorpio is no joke. It's not a game in Scorpio. And so thank God for Mercury going into Sagittarius in the week ahead where we're automatically going to get this boost of optimism with our thinking, where we're going to, our faith is going to increase as we do these mental processes where it's not just so mucky and miry. Um, uh, <clears throat> we're definitely going to be uh, all about righteousness, okay, in our thinking and, and a sense of justice. Um, there in the ninth house, there are legalities and courts with Sagittarius, and so um, we could be thinking on some things pertaining to that as well easily. Um, and our thinking may not be the clearest 
per se in Sagittarius. Sagittarius governs the higher mind, higher thoughts, okay, college and, you know, philosophy and religion, not necessarily the details, not necessarily, you know, the logical thought processes as they occur in Gemini where the lower mind is and the elementary mind is and the rudimentary mind is and where it comes to vision and seeing the big picture and seeing the expansive eagle view, eagle's eye view, right? That's where we're going to thrive and shine for the few weeks that Mercury is going to be in Sag. Okay? If somebody's trying to hammer out the details and the logical, you know, steps in, in a thing, we're probably not going to be so adept. <clears throat> People who were born with Mercury and Sag tend to be poets and philosophers. You don't have to nail down anything specifically per se when you're writing poetry or channeling poetry. When you're a philosopher, when you're an activist, when you're a comedian, when you're um, gifted in the fields of music and science and the arts and educators, full-time adventure seekers, <laughs> politicians, these are people who are born with Mercury in Sag, like your favorite astrologer, Mama Dada. <laughs> so... Um, you know, Sagittarius can also be, when I talk about Sag, I am a I, I was born with sun in Sag. I am a Sagittarius. <laughs> and so I know this quite well by experience that the Sagittarius energy, especially when you got Mercury there, because Mercury rule that mouth, okay? Mercury rule that communication, how you talk. And so sometimes when Mercury is in this area of space, I'm like trying to downplay it. It's so bad, y'all. When it happens on a low vibration, it's just so bad. But when Mercury is in Sag for the next few weeks as of Saturday, November the 12th, 8.30, 9 a.m. Central, when it goes in there, you may find that more opportunities present themselves for you to stick all five of them toes in that mouth, okay? So just watch out for the foot-in-mouth syndrome that can come when Mercury is running a muck on a low vibration in Sagittarius. Because um, in that energy and area of space on a low vibration, Mercury can easily step on all five of those toes of somebody else with that mouth, with the okay, you you so busy seeing the big picture, you just hurt somebody's feelings real bad because you didn't use tact, you weren't very subtle, <laughs> and you just blurted something out um, emotionally, passionately. Sag is, like I said, a fire sign, so you, our, our communications are going to be passionate. And, and we're gonna, the beautiful thing about Sag, we're so, we're, we're so cute. <laughs> We're so awesome because we have the highest intentions. We're aiming our archer's arrow 
we're aiming it at the, the high. That's why you always see when you see the Sagittarius with that arrow is aiming upwards. We have the best intentions, but we didn't see the details. We just saw the big picture. We're like, oh, we can just say this, and, you know, everything will be better. And it's coming from the highest and best place. It's coming from a really passionate place that just wants to grow and advance all the time and have these new experiences, you know, in Sag. We're going to have some, with Mercury and Sag, <clears throat> this is the energy where you could easily travel. Mercury governs travel, where you could easily travel to new places, okay? Even if it's within, it is Mercury, that governs more the Gemini energy of the local neighborhood and within the whatever country you're in. But then in Sag, which governs all things foreign and long-distance journeys and adventures, you could easily have an adventure right in your own neighborhood, maybe a place you've never even been to and you've been living there for 20 years. That's something that could occur here in this energy as well. So we are talking Mercury here. We are talking mind, um, and then we are putting that sad energy on it. So this could be easily uh, a time where, we want to expand our thinking, okay? We want to go on these long-distance journeys of the mind. We want to see the big picture. We want to pursue knowledge in higher education. You can go back to school around this time or at least take some concrete steps. Mercury governs paperwork and applications and planning and gathering information. A lot of that could be going on around this time as well. Sagittarius is a more truth-seeking and honest energy so our communications could expand again, growing and advancing. We could be, you know, really having some conversations and some and and be doing some some really intense thinking and gathering a lot of information um, that really does take us on a journey. Okay, and it could um and it <clears throat> whatever it is, it's sad. It's passionate. You're going to be passionate about it. You're going to feel that fire to learn. You're going to feel that fire to express yourself in these more Sagittarian ways um, with a sense of humor, okay, um, spiritually, all right, philosophically. It can happen. That, that's the, the higher manifestations of this. On the lower end, you know you're having a challenge with this energy win. <laughs> you're not using tact or you're tactless. You're overly preachy, like I said last week. <laughs> I was listening to last week's show, and I said, God, dog, I sound like I'm straight up standing in a pulpit cutting a jig, about to throw the mic into the pews in front of me, just clunk, excited. <laughs> so um, because Sagittarius is so, is so expansive and sees the big picture, um, easily a lower manifestation of this energy also could just be, miss, once again, missing the details, missing the nuances. You, you, miss the, you miss the trees looking at the forest, right? 
and kind of dogmatic going along with um, being preachy, you know. Um, <clears throat> Sagittarius uh, on a low vibration can be just so righteous. You know, you want everybody. I, I was studying, y'all. I just be studying. I bought a, I did a Scorpio new moon, new moon thing. I did, I did a new, I initiated some new energy, um, and I bought a book. A book. I think, you know, books have typically been in my studies in astrology been associated with the Libra energy, but to me, books would kind of vibrate on the Scorpionic energy because of the mysteriousness, the hiddenness. Like, you don't know what's in that sucker until you buy it and open it up and read it. And, you know, the the metaphysical, it was a metaphysical book. It was an astrology book that I got. And um, I was studying this um, author's interpretation of Pluto in the natal chart. And <clears throat> the um, I was very interested in, of course, my personal Pluto, Um, but definitely some people close to me. And somebody close to me has Pluto in the ninth house, in the Sagittarius house, the very Sagittarius that Mercury is entering into at the end of our week ahead on the 12th Saturday, early rising. And it was almost like this lower manifestation of Sagittarius being explained, but to the extreme because it was talking about Pluto. And how this deeper, darker, more mysterious, you know, in the underworld, Pluto talks about like the underworld, you know, (laughs) these shadows. And I got a whole nother introduction into the person I was studying when I was reading it and researching it. That governs Pluto and Scorpio as well, research, investigation. it's such a sun and Scorpio thing to do. But it was just describing this lower manifestation of Sagittarius to an extreme level, and that's one of the ways, this, this talk about self-righteousness. And I'm mentioning that because if, you're, if our thinking, not if, because our thinking will be going through this Sagittarian expression for a few weeks, then you might want to have a heads up on how it can play out in a very low vibration. So not to avoid it, because what you focus on is going to expand. If you're focused on, I'm not going to be overly self-righteous. I'm not going to be preachy. I'm not going to um, be tactless. I'm not going to miss the details. Then that's exactly what um, I'm mentioning it. Uh, You'll be able to recognize it in others clearly. And, yes, you will be able to recognize it in yourself if it pops up. For somebody like me who who was born with a lot of Sag energy in their chart, this, like I said, this is old news to me. (laughs) I've been dealing with the potential for this lower vibration manifestation my entire life. So I I can kind of sense when I'm um, talking to someone, even in my just personal life, and I feel that little preachiness come on, and I can, you know, I, for me personally, the antidote to a little too much Jupiter or Sagittarius energy is a little Saturn or Capricorn energy. The Saturn's going to restrict that tongue just when you think, oh, I need to say this because it came to my mind to say it. 
and I'm a Sagittarius and I like to walk around with my foot in my mouth, then that Saturn energy for me personally has helped me where I can pare down, restrict, depress that tongue, shed it up, and, you know, allow people to go on their own long-distance journeys. Yes, Sagittarius is the teacher. Yes, it's the guru. Um, Yes, it's the higher mind. And yes, it's wisdom, which makes it the guru. But it's not. Your philosophy isn't the philosophy for everyone. It's just not. But it doesn't make it any less valid, and it doesn't make it any less spiritual and high and glorious and optimistic and all these beautiful expressions of Sagittarius. I ran out of time, (laughs) y'all. I ran out of time. I didn't get to do no horoscopes, but. You got the one-click access, email access to Mama Dada in the episode info. It, one, it literally says one-click email access to Mama Dada. Click it and you got me. Um, you got the subscription. You can jump in and get on these weekly um, transit reports and uh, weekly consults on, over the phone. You got the Astro Love gift popping. If y'all just want to show love and make sure I get to come back here every week like clockwork, and then you got the link to the Inner Peace Lighthouse. Stay connected to Brother Ampu, the Inner Peace Lighthouse, myastrologycoach.com, and Mama Dada Astrology. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, callers. Thank you, all those online. Thank you, all those on social media. Let's keep rocking and popping and going higher. And I'll see you back here next week. Woo-hoo. I say. <laughs>